Got a bad bitch on me. What? What? Got a bad bitch on me. She D T F. She tell me she D T F. I heard she D T F. What? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. Okay. Well, welcome to DTF. This is the greatest sex education, comedy, sometimes game show podcast in the known universe. Hi, I'm resident sexuality educator Dr. Timory. And I am resident. Dential sexuality enthusiast Daryl Charles. Uh, <laughs> hello, thank you for listening yet again. I love it. Uh, we don't have any guests today, so you just nah. have to deal with us. <laughs> Every once in a while, we like to switch it up on you. You know, it's wonderful to have guests. We had two good weeks of guests, so uh, mm-hmm. we've been spoiling y'all, and now it's time for the old nitty gritty. Yeah. So <laughs> now you just have to deal with the two of us doing what we would do in my living room. <laughs> So much so, and that we've already done for an hour, and then we hit record. It's the best of times. Yeah, so uh, now but you don't get worry. to join us. Yeah, we weren't talking in. about sex stuff at all. We were talking about everything else. Uh, yeah. QAnon's kind of a sex thing. QAnon is... I think everyone in QAnon can go fuck themselves, if that is yeah. what, you, if that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. So... We got to do a Santorum to this is what I'm is what I'm thinking. Right. So so Dan Savage is like managed to change the name of a human person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick Santorum. An entire managed- bloodline, like a family lineage line <laughs> has been. Yeah. Forever associated with the frothy mix of fecal matter and lube that is often associated with anal sex. If I am pretty sure oh. I got that right. Uh yeah, and applause, and it's uh, the the surname of a uh, once prominent <laughs> politician from Pennsylvania, <laughs> and you know, so we, say people say there's gotta, no God. This is good evidence for it. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> we have uh, we have the possibility of doing that for QAnon too. Maybe that's something we ask our listeners to help us do: is redefine QAnon to be a really gross. Uh, sexual act. We're not going to shame anybody, um, no. but we want to. We want to. We want to play with this. This will be fun. Yeah. yeah. If anyone has any ideas, you can send them on over to us. You can send it to our DTF Daryl Timmy Fun Hour Facebook page or tweet them at us. We like that. Yeah, yeah, that's always that's always fun to do. Yeah, tweet us, tweet us the uh, articles about sex and relationships that you find fun. The one that we covered. Uh, what was the one that Heskey sent us? Because we had... He sent us the article about something. I can't remember now. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have if you have things to share with us, we're, we're open. We're open We can't wait to talk about it one week and forget it the next. It, <laughs> you mean so much. Uh, no, really, you do. And, yeah, please send us shit you want us to talk about. And, yeah, um, what do you think? Right now, off the top of my head, I think... Um, q-tips could be a thing that we incorporate into it because oh. people are always using them wrong and yeah uh, q non people have never been correct and it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know objectively that is a bad idea to be doing that right now reginald but he's like but it feels so good and that's exactly the same reason people fall for q this is objectively bad but it feels good to me right now i, feel I don't care about like the long-term consequences i'm helping my ears out no you're actually <laughs> impacting them and you're gonna end up on a youtube video where someone has to take a fucking 
drill to the mix of ear wax and cotton that you have gummed up in your ears but then you just but no but it feels right yeah see this is this is a good analogy we need something where it's like this is objectively a bad idea all evidence points to should not do this yet some for some reason some mix of like loneliness and like you know the world is is moving too quickly for me the world is changing in ways that are uncomfortable for me i can control so, one thing and that's what goes in my ears yeah. so something like that we need like a sexual version of that uh so if anybody comes with any genus ideas that will be how we redefine QAnon. we need your help dtf listeners so yes. send us those things yeah i like it please but yes but we are back with another week of um, some funny and also one incredibly not funny article about uh, fucking and the yeah. repercussions thereof. Yeah. Um, shall we get into our first piece of fucking news? I think we should. Shout out to our producer, Fleury Vonnegut, for whatever noise he just put in there. Arigato. <laughs> <laughs> so our first piece of fucking news, yeah, we're going to start it out nice and heavy. So um, Puerto Rico's governor declared a state of emergency over the issue of gender-based violence. And the reason that that is happening is that, well, there's a, been a lot of gender-based violence, specifically uh something that feminist groups in Puerto Rico have been demanding for like three years because there's been an increase in domestic violence and the number of women who are murdered by their intimate partners. And this is, I mean, to be very real about this been happening since Maria because domestic violence is very often like some sort of horrible thing, completely displaced using the systems of, you know, gendered inequality. Yeah. Um, but now that this has been declared a state of emergency, what that allows for is resources and powers to to make effective change. Yeah. So this is a good thing. This is a good thing, but it's a heavy topic. It's yeah. a good thing for a very bad thing. Uh, apparently, the ACLU released a report in 2012 that stated that Puerto Rico had the highest per capita rate in the world of women over 14 killed by their partners. That is a hell of a damning stat um and it's been a real problem and uh this governor was just uh sworn in this month uh, january of 2021 and so yeah they, they they set up a state of emergency that will be in effect until june 30th 2022 that is really neat and it's going to throw a lot of money towards not just giving victims uh access to things that will help them but also to educate children about respecting people who are different from you in any fucking way which yeah i mean if you gotta make a state of emergency to for something this would probably be the best um you know not withstanding a hurricane that destroys your island and then a shitty person shows up to hand you paper towels throw them at you yeah. You know. you've already you've already been through so much and then you have to well, do it to bring back bullshit. yeah you know yeah but yeah this is this is huge because like feminist groups have been calling for this because gendered violence is 
different than other types of violence. There yeah. are different ways that it starts. There are different ways that it manifests. And um, like you mentioned, like they're going to have education curriculums to talk to, to students about this. This will also give trainings for prosecutors handling cases. That's a really big piece of right. how crime is treated. Like whether detectives and prosecutors even imagine something to be a real crime. Mm-hmm. We've done so much in the last few decades to change the the way that we approach like for instance rape like if if you were a victim of sexual assault in the 70s i mean the the trauma from speaking to the police afterwards in many cases is like incalculably bad and that's yeah. not to say that it's perfect now but at least there's a there's more of an understanding of how questioning can change the situation and yep. how you can be uh, a you know a, a logical and effective investigator without being part of the fucking trauma. Yeah. So so that's a huge a huge piece there. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome that this is happening. But yeah, I mean you know imagine being traumatized by some kind of sexual or gender based violence, and then when you try to go to the authorities, they question you as if you committed the crime. Um that's a thing that like still fucking happens and so uh yeah kudos to uh governor pedro pierluisi pierluisi i'm not going to get that correct that was my shitty italian and i should have been going for a shitty spanish um but luisi just sounds i mean luisi luisi pierre louis look uh Shout out to good old Pedro. Um, I'm going to let you sit in that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Pierre. And yeah, good good on them. I, I hope this works. I hope it's not just a waste of money. I hope the children can learn. <laughs> I do kind of have to laugh at where it's like, we're not even trying to educate old men on this. Look, they're trash. Uh, but what we can do is make sure that they're the only people in the household who think it's okay. And, you know, hopefully affect change through just public shaming. Um, Well, and also it's just it's easier to get children together into a group and be like, this is what we're learning right now. You know, like that is a thing that kids are expecting to do during the day. Yes. And it's much harder to gather a bunch of adults and be like, guess what, buddy? (laughs) You're wrong about a thing. Right. And that's the thing. It's like to some degree, a lot of these um, a lot of these issues. You think it was you that told me this that like, yeah public sentiment typically changes around big laws being drafted like maybe i don't know oh are you talking about the way that like so there is evidence to suggest that legislation actually changes public sentiment rather than the other way around right they like for instance brown v board um and then like the the windsor case in the supreme court that legalized same-sex marriage those are both two really big supreme court examples where legislation changed before and and then as a result one can infer that that's a result it was definitely correlational at bare minimum we could say that that what the the public thought before the decision was dramatically different after in in a positive way so it's like once the law was instituted and people were like oh all right well i guess this is the thing now and everybody survived and it would actually be weird of me to be like at this point (laughs) um so yeah like and and this also is is important because in in this particular case where we're talking about in Puerto Rico, 
the laws already exist. It's right. not it's not like Russia where Russia has specifically decriminalized violence in in, in families. The like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it takes some balls, boy, uh, to <laughs> to yeah. Like what what happens in the home is the home is the domain of the man, and so the way that they handle domestic issues, the government should have no part in is a hell of a way to approach it. Uh, you know, it seems to be the libertarian point of view, but whew. yeah, I don't tend to side with Russia on anything other than is Edward Snowden. Okay. Like <laughs> that's what we're like. We're on the same page with that, I guess. Yeah. I even um, moved from flavored vodkas to just bourbon. So I have completely moved away from Russia stereotypically and for real. <laughs> Um, so before before I go too roundabout on this, like we have mentioned this before in the show, but uh, one of the things that has happened under Putin is that domestic violence where there's not like egregious physical injury as a result is not considered a crime because it's like overreach into the family. Right. And they're using this sort of, um, yeah, this like traditional values family idea as a rationale for covering up what is very clearly abuse. And this is not unrelated to the fact that the number one, by a long shot, reason that women who are in Russian prisons are in prison is because they killed their abuser. Like, mm. there's a pretty, there's a pretty good reason that that is happening, and that yeah. is because, like, if you can't do anything about it except for kill the guy, <laughs> some people will end up taking that choice. Uh, Shout out to Jayla. So to go. <laughs> Because of the movie, didn't she? She has like a couple movies where she kills a dude for for uh, for coming across it wrong. Oh, there's definitely at least one I can think of. I, yeah, I think enough. Enough, right? And then there was with oh man, there was this like I feel like it was like a Jamie Lee Curtis. Every every decade or so, there's a movie where a a, a woman uh, kills a dude for being abusive. And oh yeah. Oh yeah, at least there's like uh, Double Jeopardy was another good one. Oh where yeah, that was Ashley Judd I, when she was in her heyday. Yeah. Son, Ashley Judd was out <laughs> here just knocking movies down. <laughs> Fucking like along yeah. came a spider and oh Ooh. man, yo, she was out here just doing it. Morgan Freeman was just over there collecting checks, being a Whew. older black gentleman who cared. He was he was very much uh, establishing himself as the the reliable guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> was, the guy who was um, not cool with hitting women. Like that was the thing. He was just like he was there to show up later and be like, I don't like that. And it's like, yeah, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, those movies are interesting because like for an, like enough specifically, I think I found frustrating because it's like she's able to get her revenge slash empowerment because someone else with a shitload of money like bankrolls it mm -hmm. and it is because it's j-lo empowerment by working out a whole lot which <laughs> i love <laughs> which i love right sure but also no that's not like that's not the solution for everyone not everybody can just do like Tai Bo for several hours a day and then you got it. And then you're just ready. Um, sometimes hey, it's more you gotta train like Batman uh <laughs> to fight domestic violence. Uh you know, I make we should try to make a world where one does not have to train with the fucking uh foot clan in order to 
fight domestic violence. Like we can do better uh, than leaving it up to victims of violence to then train with the League of Shadows. That's what I was looking for. Did wait? Okay, is this is this a Daredevil reference now? No, the hand. That would have been the hand, and I didn't want to say oh, the hand because right. I was thinking of Batman, and that's the League of Shadows. Okay, that's the okay. Yeah, from the Batman, uh, the so Christopher you, Nolan. Movie. Are you talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The Foot Clan is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. because this is also a thing that I just think is really important and an absolute, absolute one hundred and eighty degree turn <laughs> is that I hope everybody understands that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually like a theoretical offshoot of Daredevil. That's right. And I don't think people know that. Yeah. And I just, like, that's one of those fun facts that is going to come up one day when you're at Quizzo. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so the ooze that hit Matt Murdock, right? And it blinds him, but gives him his powers. It, like, goes down into the sewer, and then it affects these turtles. And And that, so there's, like, the hand and the foot, and there's the splinter and the stick and the whole. Yeah. So someday, when you win a Quizzo because of this episode, that's when we will start a Patreon. Hey, talk to him. Um, yeah, but, you know, uh, it, it is enough that we just say, like, hey, be better. But uh, why not um, drive the point home? Uh, and I don't even want to say beat the dead horse because that just seems mm, off no. key. For no, me. I'm also realizing we didn't do a trigger warning. That's um, also true. We never do, though. So no, no, we don't. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I just hope that you know when you tune into this that we're going to do some weird shit. Yeah, I mean, we go different places. I imagine if if you were at all triggered by the idea of domestic violence, you've stopped listening by now. Uh, I please hope that you take please care take of care yourself. of yourself. Um, I feel like even when we were doing it live, we would say we. I think we said it like once per venue. We would show up and be like, "Hey, look, take care of yourself if you got to get out of here." Cool. All right. Talk yeah. to y'all again next year. And then you know we just handle our business. But you know, this is bad. But. We're here to help. Uh, with yes. Some some statistics that are terrible, and then some things that you can do that are better. Are you uh, saying we're going to our next regular segment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's right. <laughs> we're going to our next regular segment. We're here to help. Um. Yeah. So I looked at the national statistics domestic violence fact sheet uh, that I got from some.org the NCADV the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and uh, here's some highlights lowlights, some lights on average 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States during one year this equates to more than 10 million women and men um yeah, pretty. I think that's a really good point. the The fact that you mentioned men as well, like yeah. gender, uh, gender violence in 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 this original piece that we're talking about in Puerto Rico, obviously we're largely talking about violence that is being perpetuated on on women, but violence can be perpetuated by people of all genders against people of all genders. Very true. And in fact, we need to recognize that 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 violence that happens in other gender dynamics can look different and very often will not be taken as seriously as a result of that. Definitely. So we also just want to like make space for that, that these things are, it, it has more to do with the dynamic and your ability to have, you know, power 
and freedom within your relationship and not specifically always about the the gender of the people involved definitely yeah it doesn't yeah if you're in a relationship with someone it doesn't even have to be a sexual relationship just be on the looks like you can have a lot of fucking abusive friendships and you should Mm. do what you can to extricate yourself from those situations um and it's not ever really simple and straightforward you you never know what you might think you're getting out of it that that you're not but you know no one deserves to be hurt physically or emotionally um that's a huge point yeah yeah because i i think i was i was actually working at like a i think it was like a women against rape event or something like that i take back the night one of those kind of things and i was laying out like pamphlets and it was about relationship dynamic stuff and i realized i actually i had a friendship where i was like oh that's the dynamic we have and it's a little different when you're not in a romantic relationship because like the stakes are different it's easier to get out to be real yeah um but nonetheless it was when people are in these dynamics it's very hard to see it from the inside yeah it's tough to see it from the outside that like yeah this is abuse like you feel bad about whatever and like yeah it's especially a friendship because it's like it's not sexual right and so one or i no, I can't. I can't let this go without saying our culture puts way too much an emphasis on sex. Where it's like, if we've had sex, then obviously I belong to you and you belong to me because we <laughs> traded snot, and so you know I'm stuck. Uh, no matter what the fuck happens, but and so like because we're not fucking, then it's okay, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's 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 you deserve to be treated well. Period. Doesn't matter who the fuck is the one doing the treatment and you deserve to treat other people well you know there's a there's a great satisfaction one can get out of being a good person (laughs) yeah it's weird to have to put it in those terms but you know yeah 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 you had also sent me before you go into your next piece you had also sent me that article that was about the work that Corey bush is doing to redefine the way that um intimate partner violence is described right like so it it doesn't always start as physical and sometimes right. doesn't even get necessarily to a physical place Corey bush has uh is awesome a b uh okay. is also doing a, an incredible amount of work by coming forward and talking about a domestic partner situation that she had and being just open and transparent about it that it, you know it doesn't start out with hitting it starts right. out very very differently it starts out seeming very loving and yeah. protective which then becomes coercive and possessive. Yeah. And she wants to talk about the ways that that coercive possessive stuff is, is also just abuse. as abusive. Yeah. And she, yeah. she, uh, there's a New York times article on it. If you feel like reading, but, uh, the way she described it was, you know, she was 19 and had a new boyfriend and the boyfriend was very affectionate and was lavishing gifts on her and would actually, answer the phone answer her phone for her so that he could get to know her friends and she thought it was very cute until that became the de facto standard where he was answering her phone and deciding when Mm -hmm. she would talk to people and then she felt you know i mean when you are being when you are in a friendship that is cutting you off from the other people in your life that is a huge flag that some abuse is fitting finna happen right cutting you off getting you cornered feeling like this person is your only outlet to the rest of the world is a hell of a way to put yourself in a power position or to make the other person feel that they have no power and that, you know, 
they would be worse off without you because I'm the one that's providing all this shit. It's a fucking awful way to be. And if you see that happening, you know, I would just say fucking leave, but at least be cognizant of it. You know, yeah, at least yeah, be cognizant. And I would say be then able to speak name that that's what's but, happening. But yeah. yeah. I think it's also helpful when we don't notice it necessarily happening to ourselves if you are near someone and you see these sort of things mm-hmm. that you can mention this and it doesn't have to be like a whole intervention like you need to leave this person because sometimes that just drives someone further into that relationship but um to just be like how do you feel about that how do you feel about them doing that specific thing right how does that make you feel and just giving someone the opportunity to mull it over because this is a weird comparison, but it's kind of like getting someone out of a cult. You can't talk someone out of leaving a cult. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do is give them the opportunity to realize, to think about something from a different vantage so that then on their own, they start to go like, this is actually not what I signed up for. Right. And then on their own, they make that decision. Yeah. So if you see this happening in a dynamic, just, you know, just ask me like, what do you think about that? Yeah, in fact, um, you can go to humanrights.gov. They have a nice little thing about uh, bystander interventions and violence prevention um, Mm -hmm. as a part of what you can do if you happen to notice that this is happening to someone. And they have a three-stage thing. There's the primary prevention, which is before the problem starts, where there are activities that take place before violence. So... Things like being cut off from friends, things like, you know, assuming complete control over the financials in the relationship, like things like that, you know, uh, you can do, you can, there, they have techniques. I'm not going to sit here and list them all because you can read, I imagine. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there are tactics you can use to, to help get the person to understand that. Another one is similar to what they're doing in Puerto Rico, which is, uh, giving strategies before any problems ever occur, teaching girls and boys that violence is not a way to solve a problem, right? Because uh, <laughs> it's one of those things like, look, no matter who you are, if you enjoy having sex, and we all do, you're going to get frustrated uh, by it, by the idea of getting to there, by the idea of existing while it's a thing. It's going to be frustrating. Interacting with people is going to be frustrating, but if your frustration leads you to want to ball up a fist and hit something, then the problem is with you. It's not with Mm -hmm. the people that you're getting frustrated with. It's not anything like that. So, yeah, that's primary prevention. Secondary prevention focuses on early identification and intervention, targeting those individuals at high risk for either perpetration or victimization and working to reduce the likelihood of their further or subsequent engagement in or subjection to violence. Obviously, I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh, the tertiary part is the long-term responses after the violence has occurred. Let's break that apart, the last thing you just said, because I think that that's also, like, who is most at risk. And I think that we should talk about, like, so the the article that brought us here has to do with Puerto Rico, has to do with things that happened after Maria. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to be direct about like why (laughs) would rates of domestic violence go up after a terrible hurricane where 
you are the territory of a country that does not sweep in to take care of you as though you were actually a part of the country mm. and the ways in which people are feeling abandoned and powerless. And we can talk about the way that domestic violence rates in the U.S. in general have arisen during lockdown and while people are under these incredibly high levels of unemployment and all of these other things. So, like, this is absolutely, obviously, not an excuse for uh, abusive behavior. I hope that's very clear. It's just that there are situations where it is more likely to happen and there are um, things that we can see as predictors again not an excuse but the people who are most likely to be affected are the folks who are feeling powerless in some other way Mm -hmm. and have not had the opportunity to learn about like healthy relationship stuff and what it would look like and if if you grew up in a dynamic where nobody had these sort of resources why would you suddenly know them you have to find this stuff out on your own And so each one of us has the power to break out of generational cycles of toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's lots of stuff going into this, like economic, sociopolitical issues that are far beyond the control of an individual person. But what we can do is control our reaction and we can be the agent of change and not have to stay in these cycles. Yep. If even if that's all we've ever personally seen. So you you are the you are the director of your own life and i invite everybody to think about this stuff from that angle definitely yeah it's like you know it, it's there's no you know to, to go back to batman what do we do when we fall we get back <laughs> up right like there's no shame in there should not be any shame in finding yourself in one of these situations i would go to say to some degree even if you're the perpetrator of the thing you got there, right? Like, that's bad. And yeah, you should have to deal with the ramifications of it. But there are structures around us that will put us toward these paths. And the the, the thing is, just like, you know, with everything, it's what you do from this moment on, right? So a perpetrator of domestic violence can also be talked to and should also be mm-hmm. given tools to not get there again, right? It's, uh, you know, there's... Yeah, just, you know, everyone should feel that level of agency in their lives that they mm-hmm. don't have to yeah. repeat the, the the tragedies of the past. Like, very few of us had any sort of formal training in healthy relationship stuff. If you right. didn't have the ability to go to, like, some kind of couples counseling or something like that, if you weren't lucky enough to just randomly come across you know the the Gottman Institute yeah. <laughs> learn about like active listening techniques and stuff we all like have to learn this stuff separately it's the same as like I never took a class in school about taxes right. you know right. <laughs> like I mean, the things I needed to know one of the things I did before I got married or we did before we got married is we went to couples counseling and like we were chilling like you know we were like okay if we're gonna get married we should at least go talk to a professional about this shit because we are taking our relationship to the next level and a lot of the conversations were about conflict resolution when you have tied yourselves together uh you know especially financially um or you're you know when somebody's got to pay the light bill or else uh you know it's important that you (laughs) develop a language develop a system to 
address incongruities, right? Like when, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it's important. I think it was a great thing that we did. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll give a, sh- the only shout out I'll give to the Catholics is that <laughs> that is definitely a part of marriage, right? You, you're supposed to meet with a priest to talk about relationships and what that means. And definitely they'll throw in a ton of God stuff, but it is about like the, the idea of having Jesus be in your relationship is, um, to, yeah, look at the relationship from the outside in and, you know, build in the structures that allow you to coexist peacefully with another person. And I, yes, that, that is one of the, one of those places where I'm like Catholic church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't know if the person that should be counseling you is a person who's never been married and married? specifically Probably not. cannot. <laughs> In yeah. fact, it's um, our, our, our relationship counselor, I think I've, I'm remembering this correctly. It was years ago. Right. Cause you know, anyway, um, I think the yeah they were like I've been divorced like six times so yeah wow. it was I think it was like five maybe five maybe four times whatever he's like I've been divorced Still a bunch impressive. of times so um it, you know does that make you think I'm a, I'm I must be an expert on relationships since I keep getting into them right or I'm an expert on marriages because I keep getting into them but you know I think just like not just like anyway the dismount is just as important as the mount right like. <laughs> you you got to be able to get in and out because yeah you're gonna have beef you're gonna be upset somebody's not gonna wash the dishes someone's gonna leave their toenails out like there are going to be times when you have to have a frank discussion even if it's like yo stop farting like you know these things that you think are all right you'd be surprised how you'd be surprised how one thing will make you just be upset about so many other things and the important part is that you have these conversations and that you have you've established in your relationship a safe place to express negative emotions without the really horrible the most horrible of um outcomes yeah yeah um from a a specific philly Reference um, the Council for Relationships, I believe, does a similar package of. Um, I need to look this up, but they did at some point have like you can come in for a relationship to like check up, and there were I think a few ep- uh, episodes, a few <laughs> sessions that were free. So there's a lot of sliding scale options um, that are available. You can literally Google sliding scale couples therapy in your city. And there are always, always, always options. So take advantage of those things. Yeah. And um, it does not hurt. And I'm sure they'll do any. it over Zoom or Google oh, Meet yeah, or yeah, whatever that. the fuck. Like, it, it, yeah. there is never, it's never too late. It's never too early uh, to sit and have a conversation about your relationship while you're in the midst of your relationship. Even if no one's thrown a right cross yet. Like, don't wait until somebody has a sack full of oranges to talk about abuse dang yeah yeah <laughs> Ooh, that's so, it yeah that's so yeah we helped all right all right oh well i also i i want to say one more thing to go back to because i never really finished this thought the 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 situation in puerto rico um they already had all these things on the books as laws all that's of right. all of these domestic violence things murder obviously already illegal but it had to do with the prioritization 
and whether or not they're hopefully going to now just like take this seriously as as a priority and some of the feminist groups there are basically just like you know this was always against the law it was just a matter of there's no transparency there's no like follow-through so it also just has to do with from the governmental level um that you have these institutions that help you but yeah on on an individual level um be aware of of the things that are signs of a healthy relationship and the things that are signs of unhealthy dynamics and i i highly recommend folks to google wheels of power and control and then similarly there are like wheels of healthy relationship and these are just visualizations for how a relationship could play out in either a sustainable healthy way or in an unhealthy way so wheel of power and control is just a visualization like a shape of a wheel where it's like what does it look like when when it's unhealthy like financial control um controlling how you know access to your kids you know threatening the pets um telling you that you're bad like all of those kind of things and then on the other hand there are these wheels of like healthy dynamics where it's like supporting each other and talking honestly about things and you know sharing responsibilities sharing finances that kind of stuff so it sometimes it can be helpful to just like look at it because you could know it but sometimes looking at it can be like ha right yeah and i think it's it's, as much as it is important just like with the primary stuff like as much as it's important to be able to flag bad things you know take the quiz or do the thing just so you could be like yeah we are doing the right shit yo high five look at us being (laughs) not monsters to each other like you know there's there's no harm in proving yourself right uh that's Mm -hmm. most of science is proving oneself right uh you know that's a good point it's so yeah go ahead do that even if you think everything's great i i'm telling you man that i don't care if your relationship is fan-fucking-tastic we have spent a year of not being able to go outside god damn yo please go look at a book a page of somebody else's writings about uh what to do when you are like i gotta look at this motherfucker again (laughs) <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that feeling right there's nothing wrong with that feeling i'm i'm sure i haven't been married 60 years but you look at any person who's been married for 60 years you probably ask him you ever just look at him and be like god damn it and be like oh every day what do you what do you mean <laughs> I, that's the way i look at them but we're able to talk about it and some of the days are better than others you know some some days it's this motherfucker and the other days be like "Mm, that motherfucker boy you know it is different so yeah (laughs) you want to aim for uh i can't remember what the percentage is but it's like i think it's like a three to one four to one ratio of positive experiences to negative in your relationship you want to aim for fun together it doesn't have to always be sexual or whatever but like if it's a positive one sex can count um you know doing things that are collaborative and make you both feel good you want you want a ratio where the majority of the time you like that person four to one means (laughs) 20 percent of the time it sucks so hey (laughs) just just for some numbers there because if it's only glimmers of niceness, may be not worth you putting a ton of effort into. Yeah, her, and maybe you know, what you want to yeah. effort in is extricating yourself. Yeah, we we keep uh, a, a 
keep going back to the thing but it's like you know um the cycles of violence especially domestically are uh you know a violent thing happens and then uh the perpetrator is typically very very nice to the victim and you know there's like the honeymoon period where they're like trying to get back into the good graces and then there's a plateau where they stop being nice and it goes back to how it was and there's a lot of anxiety there on the part of the victim typically because they're like I know what's coming and sometimes the victims will try to get that anxiety quenched by just sparking an event that brings on the violence just so they can get closer to that honeymoon period so you know it's it there there are cycles of abuse and all that shit so you know just be cognizant and try to try to live your best life yeah i want to okay i want to do one (laughs) this may not be the end but i want to do one more (laughs) thing on this subject this turned out to be like fodder Mm -hmm. you know as Mm -hmm. they would say a rich text um the the other thing that this reminds me of is i have much gratitude to fka twigs who um I have known originally as a cool like video vixen dancer babe who earned her own spot as a singer songwriter on her own accord and has been open about uh, the abuse that she suffered in her relationship with Shia LaBeouf and she I think is a really good person to talk about this because she's like I never thought that this could happen to me like but you just find yourself in it and I think that's one of those things like no one really foresees themselves maybe some people do but um a lot of people are like i you know i'm too smart for this i wouldn't fall for that like whatever but it it happens on a granular level bit by bit and she found herself in a situation where there was like physical abuse lots of coercion lots of control um he like knowingly gave her an sti Mm. just these these bits by bits by bits by bits by bits until she finds herself um, and again, I'm I'm hopeful that people are okay and taking care of themselves listening to this. But she found herself like getting um, choked out on a on a car at a gas station, and nobody helped her. Mm. And you know, like this is a person who I consider like famous, wealthy, cool, like has all the things that I wish I had, and in that moment, did not feel like anybody was going to look out for her, yeah. right? And so I really appreciate that she's coming forward because like. It can happen to literally anyone if you just end up in the dynamic and it happens on this bit by bit level. And, you know, pressed for a response, Shia LaBeouf like denies aspects of it, but also was just like, you know, I've been abusive to myself and others around me for a while, you know, generally taking this like, I, you know, this sort of, I'm bad. It's like, son, that's not even half, though. Yeah. So, I, you know, I have I have empathy for him as a person too, and the fact that he probably Definitely. had plenty of his own deeply messed up experiences, but like, does not change the fact that for every single action he was responsible for each thing that he took, and every time we find ourselves in a moment where it seems like out of your control for some reason, just remember that it is in fact not. Right. And whether you are whatever side you are on you have some agency and you can choose whether you press forward with your possessiveness and your exertion of control 
or not and you can choose whether you just try to dial down the drama and just like keep it medium or whether you say like no these are my boundaries and this is it you were not crossing this shit because i'm standing up to you like or i'm leaving the situation whatever whatever you need to do like these are all moments these are series of moments where you make a decision yeah and that's all it ever is and life is a series of moments where you make a decision four or five moments uh, ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I also just yeah, more fodder. This this will be the last thing I say. Uh, I promise uh, about this. Turns uh, out this is like the thing we wanted to talk about the most, <laughs> right? No, if you if you have found yourself doing that kind of shit, and then you want to say I've been abusive to me and others, that's not enough. You got to cop to each thing because one, you do a world of good to the victim of it to hear you say like I did that and it was wrong and you have to put the work into fixing it and that's the first step is to just admit the wrong that you have done and the effect that it had if you just say I've been bad let's move on you you will probably not change because you're not doing any of the inventory management uh, that it takes to really affect the change in attitude and behavior because a lot of times you're not thinking about doing the things you're doing Whew, man (laughs) so i i feel like that is a very good place to put like uh like the cap on that for right now this is clearly not the beginning and the end of the of this is a whole conversation but for for this right now i feel like this is a good time to move on to our next piece of (gasps) fucking news yes please can we Please bring on happiness. <laughs> so this is a fun story. I want to actually give happiness. a shout out to. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Whoop. Too early. Uh, <laughs> they don't know yet. Um, I want to give a shout out to my friend Erica, who who clued me into this story. So BBC Wales, which we all watch on the regular, of course. Um, had on an amazing guest, Yvette Amos, and I don't even know what she was on the show to talk about or what show. <laughs> I Job don't, struggles during I've pandemic having... shutdowns. Oh, great. Thank you for knowing that. Um, <laughs> because I did, was so overwhelmed by all the other pieces <laughs> that I did not notice that. Uh, but she was on BBC Wales, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting interviewed from their homes because of the pandemic and there are such things as like rate my room and and all Mm -hmm. those kind of things and she got a 10 out of 10 because this babe had a giant ass dildo just chilling on her bookshelf she also had yeah like amazing and and this is the big thing that people react to, but I just need to call attention to the fact that that's not the only amazing thing she had in her background. True. Uh, she also had on her door, uh, like, these prints, so it makes it look like bloody claw prints, like someone was trying to claw their way out. It's, like, on the door. She's amazing. <laughs> I am such a fan of her. And then all just, like, these random, like, posters and weird shit on her walls, and she she's just a hero for the Zoom era. <laughs> I just I I have to give it up for the giant dildo on the bookshelf. Hell yeah! It's like I didn't look. Y'all asked to come to my house. I did not <laughs> ask you to come to my house. You said, "Can I talk to you right now?" I said, "All right." Hey, look, you know, I I got dicks on bookshelves and the floor's a little dirty. 
You asked. <laughs> and apparently there's an X-rated drawing game called Scrawl. Uh, shout out to oh, Buzz yeah. Marketing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This lady's living her best life. Just a, just a dick. So. Yeah. She, she looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then like <laughs> the internet went a little bit nuts on it and some people were like is that photoshopped and other people like other people were sharing their experiences of having similarly posted a photo with an unintentional dildo in the background oh yeah that happens all the time <laughs> it definitely does um it very much reminded me of when we were back in the before times and we did the show in person one of the games we played was find the dildo because there was like a tumblr account That's or something right. like that where somebody was hiding a dildo in these pictures and you had to find it and there were varying levels of difficulty um we can't play that on a podcast very easily no, no. The, <laughs> but we'll the, do it when we're back right does the technology exist probably but you know this was supposed to be temporary you fucking monsters um i'm, I'm not talking to the people <laughs> who are listening unless we're we are talk- being listened to by unless- members of the cabinet but whatever yeah, like Mike Pence, if you're listening, oh. good job, buddy. Hey, look, <laughs> good job for it. listening. <laughs> you made it. No one knows your secret yet. You got through four years in the public eye, and nobody has really known. So, hey, good job. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I can say a little bit of disappointment because the title of the 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 the, <laughs> the title of the web page on Huffington Post's website is BBC Bookshelf Dildo. And I didn't think it had anything to do with the British Broadcasting Corporation. And so when I opened it up, I was like, oh. But, you know, hey, I just, you know, representation matters. Yeah. But yeah, BBC Wells, uh, interviewing people who just got dicks in their room. Yo, I think, yo, well, the most times I'm on streaming is like during comedy sports, so I can't. I, I can't just sneak a dildo in, but uh, maybe. No, no, I won't. I mean, I guess this will be like how stealth could it be? Right? Because there, there are like some dick bookends. That's what I thought it was, but it does not seem to be a bookend. It seems to be right in front of books. It's not oh, holding anything yeah. up except my attention. Yeah. And you yeah. Know, I'm pitching a small tent. She's yeah, she's just doing great. This seems very intentional. She's also got some weird stuff on her wall that makes me think that like Babadook is gonna come down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like that. There's a lot happening. The poster of a woman being burned or something. Um, yeah, that looks like a movie poster, like a music poster or something like that. I don't know. I feel like Think an old book Danzig. cover or something. <laughs> yeah, book. I feel like some shit like that. She seems great. And it's just like, it's one of those, the the closest thing to this, which is just the opposite and yet the same, is when the guy was on BBC and his baby comes waltzing oh, into the room. Boy, I mean. And the baby comes like, doot, 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 doot. <laughs> and just absolutely marching in the room. And uh, then the mom comes in like, skit, 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 Owning. skit, skit. No, well, the, the baby just bursts in. <laughs> All day, shades on, and then the, and then the, another baby comes in on the walker, and the walker she comes in with some gusto with the walker, and the walker hits the door hard enough that it closes behind her, and then the mom barreling through the door like 
she's not she's like airborne as the door opens and she like falls down and like the last reach is of the walker and then she's able to pull that baby out and then grabs it oh everything about that video is fantastic everything that is the absolute highlight of 2020 (laughs) by a long shot that was in 2020 wasn't it because it was during the pandemic that's why it was happening from his house. Oh, yeah. That's how time works now. Time's broken. I don't... Yeah, for me, I was like, wasn't that in 2012? I feel like I was in... Wasn't it, right? Like, did that happen before 9-11? I think it did. I think it did. <laughs> Who knows? I'm pretty sure that, that was happening at his house because of lockdown. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I feel like I now need to go look right? this up. Um... BBC baby interview is pretty easy to find. This was you are right, sir. 2017. I was wrong. Look at that. That was 2017. Okay. Look at you that. Correct. Yeah. I just assumed. I retconned that in my brain. Hey, no, I get it. I can't even find the thing. When I put BBC baby first, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of. Oh, you're going to get something else. Well, I'm getting BBC's Rachel Burden soothes the baby who burst into tears. Um, So at least it's nice. I also, you know, I don't think I have smart search on, but it's very likely Mm. that I do. (laughs) All right. Well, I just I want to let Yvette Amos know you have a fan (laughs) in Philadelphia. I have not seen your interview. I don't know what you were talking about. I'm sure you're great. Uh, but that that makes me just just warms the cockles of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we have to say about That's that. That's it. That's all there is to say. Just yeah, she had a That's dick it. on a bookshelf, it made the news, and we eat that shit up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I this reminds me of there was a toy that came out. I think I was in grad school at the time, and it was a pyramid-shaped pink vibrate thing that was supposed to look kind of like a traffic cone, um, and it was very popular for a half a second, and the idea was that because it looks amorphous, like some sort of maybe it's a piece of art you could like leave it out and people wouldn't know that it's very clearly a sex toy except for everyone who would look at it would be like what the fuck is that and then you have to tell them like as a needlessly big vibrator that runs on 4D batteries talk to Um, them that's that Radio Rahim shit hell yeah (laughs) at 4D batteries in this day and age you just plug it into the wall stop it like what no yeah you're killing the environment Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah because those things no nope, yep yeah you gotta throw those away or there's the how uh, do you even throw away batteries anymore there was the oh man i remember being very excited and happy about the article where it's like they had to recall a harry potter toy it was a uh the one yeah it was a broom the, uh, that you would use to play broom. quidditch yeah and so mm-hmm. to help with the uh immersion factor of flying around on a broom the broom would vibrate and uh-huh. a number of parents bought this for their children, and the children played a lot of Quidditch, but they never left their room. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was a it was an eye opener to say the least. Nap time was easy. Yeah. Though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find that fascinating—the idea that the parents were mad about that. 
I don't know like, if parents were mad. I think well, I, I, it's been a while since I read the article. I don't I don't know if there was any like anger and outrage at toy making kids come. I don't think that that was the article title. <laughs> it was just that they recalled it because a couple people was like, oh, my child likes this a bit too much. Oh, coming okay. of age. Toy. Well, that's a that's a positive read. I like that. Yeah. That's more that's more sex positive. Um. All right. Well, I feel like we've belabored the the dick on the shelf. We did not make any elf on the shelf jokes, so I applaud us for that. Hey, look at that. I had one in my head and I didn't let it go. So that's good. Oh, really? No, I mean, I, oh, it, okay. it popped into my head right before we hit record. So, yep. Okay. Um. Well, good. Good for you. Good for us. We did it. Um. So I I feel like we've we're at a nice little button we can wrap this up. Yeah. Um. Daryl, tell the nice people. Where can they buy Black Gentrifier? <laughs> you can definitely <laughs> buy Black Gentrifier uh, at .com. Uh It's available for streaming everywhere. If you have Sirius, I really appreciate you listening to it. Um, really, I do. Uh, I, I get to look at those numbers, and that's fantastic. Um, so that's great. Uh, yeah, but um, if you want to find out more about me, you can always go to DarylComedy.com and see when I'll be making appearances on the internet. And then also in real life, I guess, at some point. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I have faith. Um, if you would like to know more about me, sex with Timmery, T-I-M-A-R-E-E, -E, um, where I post news articles including the things that we discussed in these episodes you can also see my upcoming events which include on february 13th in tandem with the national liberty museum we're doing the next episode of get you a babe who can do both which is a combination of lightning talks and burlesque by the same people so we've got some incredible incredible performers and it's a cool interactive virtual show that has you know the talks and the burlesque but also like interactive talkbacks audience games there's going to be like breakout rooms afterwards if you want to talk to people more um so lots of lots of cool stuff there you get the tickets on the national liberty museum's website so that's coming up and um yeah you can also see porn on my website that's also true yeah whenever i have to that's look up articles good. for this show there's always a porn detour yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would love your feedback. We should have a segment where you rate the porn. Ooh. Me, personally, or just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Well, then we'll do that for next time. Yeah. So things that are coming up in the future, we need our audience to give us ideas for a sexual redefinition of QAnon, <laughs> and then we're going to have a new segment called Daryl's Thoughts on the Not Safe for Work Gallery. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, this has been fun as hell. Yeah. I had a blast. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Well, thank you to uh, our producer and editor, Flirt Vonnegut. Yes. And, and thank you uh, to everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, what? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck.